Welcome back to our High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown uh, uh, portion of the show. Jeff, we're back. We went to Lehigh last weekend. Fun, huh? It was a good time. Now, uh, I did decide to bring you something back. You did. I did, because you you left during the rain delay, and the re- the rest of us stayed so that we could watch. Did you bring me bacon? The rain. To, I, I brought you even better. You brought so, me a bacon T-shirt. So we're not on TV. That's awesome. You brought me a bacon USA T-shirt. So that's fantastic. This is this is what they wear on on one of the days. Turn it around so Ryan, our producer, can see it. He's and, very jealous. And so it says Bacon oh, USA and on and the back it's got it Eflin's, says, Eflin's name and number on that's it. That's right. Look so, at that. So, you got me a gift. That's right. So when you're watching the Phillies this weekend, I can be wearing you my... You can wear your Eflin shirt with its Bacon USA on the front. That's pretty awesome. Ryan Lennox, I know you're jealous of the fact that I have a Bacon t-shirt now. Yeah, he's, he's shaking his head back there. It was a fun time out there. Uh, the organization, first class treated us <laughs> from from literally from top to bottom from start to finish mm-hmm. uh you know got to talk to a bunch of different players manager so what you that was your, that was your first time at that stadium at right? that stadium so what did you think of it their branding and marketing is spectacular yeah. well what'd you think of the stadium though it's a great looking stadium is it I, I mean it's it's funny it's uh bigger than lakewood but mm-hmm. sort of has a similar feel to it in yeah. terms of the the concessions and the things you can do in the outfield and um a lot of the same things, but at the same time, it was it's definitely themed for Allentown and for Lehigh Valley. And even even though as as they walked us through the history of it, it, it was not originally intended to be this. So that if people don't know, the original name of the Iron Pigs comes from the history of it being a steel town out between Allentown and and Bethlehem. Pig iron is used in the in the making and production of steel. So they all they did was they flipped it around to make them the Iron Pigs. It was only years later when the marketing team, somebody in the marketing team, got Geniuses. a hold of this Geniuses. and turned this into a smorgasbord of bacon, of bacon stuff. And they take so, it to the to the manager's office name. What was the nameplate, Jeff? Boss Hog. I mean, it was. How, how about how about the the uh, locker room? The, the different areas of the locker rooms were called Pigsty 1, Pigsty 2. <laughs> they, they really carried it through on every level. Yeah. And it's it's and the food. And the food, there's, there's plenty of bacon Bacon options. wrapped on everything. Look, you can't go wrong with bacon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, I'm just going to say. The uniforms, can't. as you see, have bacon on them. The hats have bacon on them. Instead of a pinstripe, they got bacon on the pants. It's bacon everywhere. And we should give a thank you to Pat McCarthy, who welcomed us out there and was extremely helpful. He was setting up some interviews. We'll actually and, and have, to the players and coaches. Yeah, I we'll mean, have, everybody was just you know open arms about this uh, this little experiment we're doing. And I think it went really well. And we'll have an interview with Pat in the coming weeks, who talks about the marketing and branding of the team and their involvement in the community. But you got to you know we always talk about family. You got to stay at the game with your son. Mm-hmm. And have that experience through the raindrops, through the rain delay, mm-hmm. two hour rain delay. You uh-huh. stayed. Uh, you saw a good pitching matchup. You saw a walk off. You, you had a fun day. Well, you you got to see everything that makes minor league baseball minor league baseball. So, for example, uh, they were supposed. There are two starters for the other team. It was the Buffalo Bisons. 
Yes, it is plural. We don't know why, but they're the bisons, not bison. Not bison. Yes. That's, is that there, our, there was is that a our whole, English was, lesson for the day? There was a whole big debate about that in the, the media box. Is that what happens yes. during a rain delay? So during a rain delay, oh. the biggest discussion is why they're called the bisons instead of the bison. This this team so. is in first place. <laughs> they have the best well, home record, and you're all talking a about A two-hour rain delay, there's only so much you could talk about. So, right. so anyway... Their two pitchers for the weekend got called up to the Blue Jays. They're the Blue, Blue Jays minor league AAA affiliate. They had no pitcher for the day because they called them up. Because basically what happens is whatever the big league club wants, the big league club gets at the, at the expense of the minor league teams. So they flew up a pitcher from single A who had never pitched above that level to from Florida to get there by game time to pitch for their team. Minor league and he, baseball. And he, and he pitched incredibly well. And in the meantime, you had players who were rooting for the hockey game <laughs> playoffs. <laughs> and one of those will be one of the people we interview, which is Nick Rickles, who is a, a, a now resident of Vegas. A so big time Las Vegas Golden yes, Knights yes. fan. We didn't ask him about it in the interview, no. but uh, we had fun talking with him about that. And, and you usually have weird plays in the minor leagues. I don't know why. I don't know. The equipment should be the same. Yeah, but this game ended on a weird so, play So, it, you saw so the game-winning run came in when the first baseman's mitt apparently exploded. Um, the, the ball was thrown from the left side of the infield to the right side of the infield and kept going through the glove. And it just didn't survive. Game <laughs> the over. The glove did not survive, and the ball went through. Fireworks went off, all done. Uh, I don't know if they did the fireworks. It was a fireworks night, but because of the rain, I don't know if they did the actual fireworks. So the the big story was actually that um, they basically told LeBron that he's no Michael Jordan until he comes plays minor league baseball. That's right. And invited him to play for the Lehigh Valley Iron. And that was the general manager who came up up with that idea supposedly and it so. got them international news well they put up a billboard it's not like they just tweeted something i was getting like push alerts and text messages on my phone from like espn and other places <laughs> this is before we went to do the interview mm -hmm. so we got to ask him about it and the interesting thing is gary jones the manager has a history with michael jordan in the minor leagues correct uh, that well i mean we didn't get this story in our interview but but Apparently, there's a, there's a story about how Michael Jordan decided to steal third base um, in a game where they were up by seven, I think. And <laughs> one of those unwritten rules of baseball yeah, that you like, Jeff. And, and, and apparently, Michael Jordan had to go to the locker room and apologize to the other <laughs> team or just decided to apologize to the other team. I, just, I thought it was very creative of them to, uh, you know, as somebody who does marketing in my day job, to newsjack off of LeBron James and get yourself out there and, and get headlines for your franchise. And LeBron, can, once the playoffs is over, he should be able to make his way to Allentown and at least have some fun with this. He should be, uh, and they should. I don't think anybody ever answered the question that I have: Would would he be the tallest iron pig ever? Probably. I, I'm wondering. I don't. I'll let you go with it. If anybody, if anybody, of course, knows, you would wonder about people's height. Why can't we no, just go through a show and not that, worry about how tall people are? I think that's a pretty are. good trivia question. Is is who were the, were there any Phillies minor leaguers taller than LeBron James? I'd like to know if there's the shortest. Phillies player, so thanks. Okay, so then let's ask that question, too. Well, why don't we go to the questions that we asked the players, like Roman Quinn, because he was much more interesting than our height argument. Okay, I'll All go right. for that. Let's uh, let's listen to our interview with Roman Quinn that we did at the dugout before Saturday's game. Uh, we're here with Roman Quinn in Lehigh Valley. Roman, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Good. Uh, Roman, uh, tell us a little about, a bit about this season. 
Uh, it's going pretty well, man. We uh we have we have a great coach, man, and Gary Jones, and uh, we have really good players here, man, and uh, we all putting together and we playing great baseball right now. So that's uh, exciting to see. So what's the difference between being coached by Gary Jones and Dusty Wathen? Uh, it's really no difference. Uh, both of them guys pretty much laid back, and you pretty much have that, uh, you know, like they're a pl- they're a player out there, man. You can talk to them about anything, and uh, and what was it like to be drafted? Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, everything um, I dreamed of and more. And uh, me and my dad, we worked hard to put ourselves in that position. And without him, uh, I wouldn't be the, the player I am today. Was your dad your coach growing up? He definitely was uh, from a very young age. And uh, I played all three sports. So I played football, basketball, and baseball. So he was my coach in every one of them. He was actually a basketball player. And uh, he learned, actually learned along along the way more about baseball. And uh Definitely helped me out a lot. What was it like to play multiple sports growing up and then choose one? You, you hear a lot about specialization now. We talk a lot on the show about the different lessons you can learn playing different sports. What was it like for you having the opportunity to be a multi-sports star? Uh, it was actually um, the reason I'm the athlete I am today. I tell a lot of people that playing uh, basketball and uh, football gave me a lot of versatility, um, moving side to side, uh, knowing what it feels like to be physical, uh, mentally strong too. And uh, going up against guys that was bigger than me also gave me, you know, that type of confidence that I could play with those guys uh, that's, you know, bigger size and uh, maybe a little quicker than me, too. And um, just the matchup and the competition was great, man. And uh, I enjoy playing all three sports. And, and, and I, I'll definitely say it's the reason I'm the athlete I am today. As a shorter person myself, I appreciate you going out to the taller <laughs> people for us. Jeff, Jeff, uh, glad, glad you got to hear that. So you came up as a, a right-handed hitter, but the Phillies encouraged you to sort of try out switch hitting what's it been like to try and develop as a switch hitter and how has that helped you in terms of your progression uh if you would have talked to me when I was 18 I would have been like man I'm ready to give this thing up man because when I was young man it was tough especially uh, starting off in pro ball and you got guys with a little bit more velo and throwing curveballs and change-ups and just seeing that for the first time it was tough and along the way I started to um, pick little things up and the more the more reps I got and the better I the better I felt, and uh, and now I feel like you know I've been switching in my whole life. So I was looking back, and we we talk a lot on the show about lessons that athletes learn and then can teach other people. 2013 was a tough year for you, a little adversary. You got you got hit with a pitch, had you out for the rest of the season. Then you were rehabbing, you tore your Achilles. What was it like for you as somebody who had always had that success and, and been a star in multiple sports to have to overcome those challenges and and come back from that type of a season and those injuries? It's been tough. It's been tough just because, man. Um, that was my first time ever being like injured, having an injury like to that sort that puts me out. And uh, me wanting to be on the field every day and having that mentality to be on the field every day is uh, it, it set me back a little bit. And but the the reason the person the player that I am today is because of those injuries. Uh, it made me mentally stronger and made me overcome a lot of things. And um, and I'm working my way up there and trying to stay healthy and playing 160. 60 some games is uh it's it's a wear and tear on your body and it's different from other sports cuz uh other sports you get a you get a break here and there but playing every day is uh is something something I, I had to adjust to we were in Lakewood a few weeks ago, uh, and we'd like to ask about the difference sometimes between A-ball and as you progress through the system and you talk about being prepared to play 162 games. What's it been like for you, that growth through the system, to be able to be ready for that and prepare your body and yourself mentally? It's been great. Um, I had a lot of coordinators around me, man, and I asked a lot of questions, and a lot of players um, that's you know older than me 
uh, asked him a lot of questions and to get me ready for you know the different levels and, and coming up and and it's it just it just comes with like an age thing man like I, I can remember when I was 18 19 20 uh, the way I think now is very different you know what I mean it's just like it's just like one of those things you go through just like life you know what I mean and, um, Baseball has definitely progressed me in all types of ways. And coming up through the system is uh, it's been a blessing, man. It's with the, especially with the same organization and being around the same group of people and uh, players, and you know, getting to learn these different personalities and you know, play with a bunch of really good, really talented guys. It's had it's been it's been special. What's it like the first time you went to spring training and and played with some of those players that you followed growing up that now you're on the same field with? Uh, I can bring back to experience, like especially like I um, debuted it. When Ryan, it was Ryan Howard's last year, and uh, that's a guy that I grew up watching too, and uh, it was it was special, man, to, to meet to meet the type of guy that he was, and uh, to see what his personality was like, and see what type of player and how he went about his business was uh, was great, man, and uh, it was a, it was a very good moment for me too. Did you learn any lessons from talking to Ryan Howard or any of the other major leaguers? Yes, man, uh, plenty of them. Just going about your business the right way. Uh, go out there and. Uh, you know, make sure you do what you have to do to get yourself mentally and physically prepared before the game, and that will take you a long ways. What was it like having your dad as a coach for all three sports? It was tough. It's still it's still kind of frustrating because uh, – I love the smile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, my dad is uh, definitely – he's very – he, he's very hands-on with me, and he talks to me, you know, about, like, oh, you need to try this out and try this out. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm a little older now. I can figure it out myself, you know what I mean? So uh, it was tough. It was tough, but it was, uh, it was, it was, it was fun, you know, growing up, growing up with him right there behind, by my side and coaching my little league teams. And uh, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a blessing for sure. Was, was he a tough coach? He could be at times, but he was, he, he was kind of laid back. He, he kind of reminded me of, uh, Gary a little bit. They both old school. They both listen to the same type of music. If you walk by Gary Jones' office, it's like some old school jams playing, and uh, it reminds me of my dad a little bit. Jeff asked because he coached his son's team and, and was a minor league coach, and or not minor league, a little league coach. So he he always likes to, to know what it's like for kids that have their fathers as their coach. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it, 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 to ask my own time. yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I'm sure dads can be a little tough on their sons and everything like that, but um. No, it was. I mean, it's it's the player I am. He, he's the reason why I'm the player I am today. And uh, he molded me, and he told me the things that he t actually taught me. You know, along the ways. I, as I got older, I look back and I be like, man, he was exactly right. And now, now um, I, I feel like it got me prepared wait, for this level. Say that again. Jeff Jeff may cut that section out of the interview and play it for his family over and over again. Uh, what's it like to now have uh, gone through the system for a few years and see younger players come up and be that player that they come to to ask questions as opposed to the new guy in the room who's asking other people about things? I know for me, uh, when I was when I first came up too, I was kind of you know you know shy. You know I didn't want to say too much to. Certain people ask too many questions just because, um, I don't know, I just had that feeling, you know, that they was going, you know, kind of neglect me and whatnot. But, um, but no, but once I, once I got older, I started to realize that, uh, you know, these guys here to help you too, you know what I mean? They want, and they actually want you to ask these questions, you know, to pick their brain. So even, I still do it today with, uh, even with Colin Cowgill and uh, Trevor Plouffe, we got up in there. I asked them plenty of questions, man. They got... Uh, at least seven to seven, eight years in the big league, so why not pick their brain? What's it like to have 
people come to the stadium to watch you and look up to you. I mean, that's not something that you can really prepare yourself for when you're learning how to swing or, or play in the outfield. That's something I assume you got to get along the way. What's that like for you to, to see the reaction that you now get from people when they see you? It's cool, man. Um, just because where I grew up in the neighborhood that I came up in, I know kids are looking up to me. So it gives me a reason to go out there and play hard and uh, play the game the right way. How often do you go back to the neighborhood and talk to the kids that are there? Uh, every year. Every I even live I live there in the off season, so anytime I can go to the school and talk to them, I definitely do it, and uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and they and some of them ask me a lot of questions, and, and I give them the answers um, answers that you know that from my past experience and um, learning while I'm, while while I'm here, and um, I feel like it's uh, it could be it could be a blessing to to them too, you know, and um, give them a little hope that they can they can go out there and achieve their goals too. What's the most important lesson you think you can impart to those kids? Man, just uh, if you have if you have any type of dream, man, just you know, just push yourself and go out there. Uh, I had plenty of people tell me when I was young that I wasn't gonna you know amount to this because I know as a young age I was I was wanted to play professional baseball and I had teachers and, and uh, I had friends of like nah man you know you should just just try something else and I'm like nah this is exactly what I want man so I spoke it I spoke it into existence and uh, everything ended up happening just right for me. What was your number growing up? My number was four growing up. Why? Uh, I don't know, man. I just like the lower numbers for some reason. It was either one, two, three, or four, and uh, that's uh, that's what numbers I played around with. And what's gonna, what's your walk-up music? Uh, it is it is "Skirt Skirt" by this dude named Kodak Black. Uh, he's from Florida, so um, it's an artist that I grew up grew up listening to. Well, Roman, thank you for your time and good luck with the season. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you guys. Poor Jeff, you had no idea who his walk-up music was. Wait, at all. wait, wait, wait! <laughs> I didn't know Did either. Did you? No. Okay, hey, look, <laughs> yeah. I may be older, but you're just as unhip. <laughs> that was a fun interview with him. Yes, it was. Uh, talking about the lessons and uh, that he has to kids when he goes back in the community. Um, and how diplomatic he was about his dad coaching all of his teams. If so that only was, people could see this face that when was, we were asking That was questions. a funny exchange because Jeff coached uh, his son's little league team. And so you've got Jeff's son there watching as as Roman talks about what it was like to play for his dad. And all I wanted to do was stick the mic in Jeff's son face and say, what was it like to play for your dad? Uh, he wouldn't have been as <laughs> diplomatic, I'm pretty sure. It, it was, but, ever, but a lot of people can relate to that, and, it, and I think that's one of the great things about baseball. The difference between players that are sort of just getting started, like when we talked in Lakewood at A-Ball, and when they've, they've seen a little bit of the show, <laughs> and, the, and they're, they're back it's and amazing. forth. And I mean, they, they just have, they seem to have so much more experience. And we asked him about that, you know, what's it like, you know, he was in spring training with Ryan Howard and asking, and then all of a sudden now he's the guy that they're going to asking for advice about things. And, and you see that change as they move through the farm system. Yeah, I think, I think one, of the pe- one of the things people will notice about this show is the way that we've structured it, I'd like to think it was on purpose, probably by accident, is, is that we started out with a single A team and the guys that we interviewed the first week of our show were bright-eyed. Uh, Will Stewart was talking about how he would, this, the stadium was huge, and they get three meals a day, and you know who they meet. And, and then we went to AAA next, and Roman Quinn, who's been in the major, so he's already had a taste of that, and Nick Rickles, who we're going to talk about next, 
are guys that are at the different part of their career. Now this is more professional. Now it's getting the job done because this is their job. And it, it's, it's amazing to watch that growth because they all have to go through this. You mentioned Nick Rickles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Rickles is a different stage in his life now. Uh, he's not just playing for himself anymore. He's got a young child. For every anybody listening, go to the internet and type in Nick Rickles catching baby, and you will see that that when his wife was pregnant, uh, he got put his catcher's gear on and got in front of her like he was about to catch the baby. It's a great picture. He had a good laugh about that. Uh, let's uh, let's play the interview with him, and I think you'll hear a little bit of the difference in terms of as the players go through what experience and life throws their way. So we're here with Nick Rickles of the Lehigh Valley Iron Picks. Nick, how are you doing today? Pretty good. How about you guys? Uh, we can't complain. Thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes. So we're actually going to start with a little World Baseball Classic for you. Uh, Jeff laughs all the time because I spent plenty of time watching that at odd hours of the night and morning. You played for Team Israel. What was it like to have that experience? Uh, I would say up to this point in my career, it's definitely been the highlight of it. Um, you know, we, we got knocked out pretty early in 2012. I think we kind of underestimated our competition um, and didn't really understand the uh, you know, the fan base that we had behind us. So getting the second time around and having eight or nine guys that were returning from that team was, was nice with a little experience. But I'd have to say Japan was probably the craziest game I've ever been a part of. There was 55,000 people in the stands, um, and each one of their hitters had their own special chant. So there was 55,000 people singing in sync together, which was, I mean, you couldn't, we couldn't have a conversation like this. You couldn't hear who was next to you, which was pretty crazy. How does an experience like that prepare you when you come back and you're, you're trying to make your way up through the system? You come back after playing in a stadium that, that, that's that large and an experience like that with that pressure. What does that do for you as a player in your own development? I think it definitely helped me in the sense of understanding how to calm my nerves. Because if you can calm your nerves in, in an atmosphere of 55,000 people, um, you know, even spring training games, maybe upwards of 10,000. I mean, a good night here, we probably have 10,000. Um, so, you know, one-fifth of that cheer and doesn't seem very uh, very loud compared to what you have over there, especially the type of baseball that it was. It's almost like a playoff atmosphere every single game. So I, I would say it definitely helped me understand how to calm my nerves um, in certain situations where prior to that, I uh, kind of felt like, you know, you're a little um, ahead of yourself. So it definitely helped me with that. We were in Lakewood a few weeks ago talking to some of the players, and as you've moved up through the system, what's the difference playing at this level at AAA than it was playing at some of the lower levels for uh, for the minor students? So I think it's just consistency on all on um, you know all accounts. You got pitchers that throw a lot more, uh, have a lot more command of all their pitches on a consistent basis, day in day out. Same with the hitters, um, they're able, they're able to make almost in-game adjustments a lot quicker, almost you know mid at bat adjustments. And, uh, you know, you see a lot more of um, scouting report up, up here because, you know, you've, these guys that have played here have already been in pro ball for three, four, five, you know, upwards of ten years. So you have all this information that's available that you don't necessarily have at those levels because there's a lot of first, second-year guys. Um, but I would say consistency overall just of uh, the competition level would be tops. So one of the things at AAA that you get to see is you get to see guys that come back down from the major leagues. Uh, do you notice any difference between the pitchers coming up and the pitchers that come back down? Uh, I would just say more so on their work pregame. I think uh, once you get to the big leagues, you have all of this information and you have to learn how to analyze it and use it to your strengths. Uh, as you move up to the systems, you, you, you know, gain more information. 
you know, you have, like I said, more scouting reports as you go up. So it could be overwhelming for a first-year guy that has all of this in front of him and doesn't know how to utilize it to his strengths. Uh, guys coming down, it's almost like a when I'm catching, it's like a night off almost because they're so prepared on you know their stuff and their you know the hitters that they're facing that it's easy to get on the same page. It takes one conversation as opposed to a guy that hasn't pitched in this league before and hasn't faced these guys. And you have to go in almost every inning and you have to get them prepared each inning and in between each inning. As a, catch, a catcher who's coming up in the minor leagues, when you're at single A versus when you're at triple A, do you call more of a game as you get more experience or do you call less of a game because the pitchers are more experienced in deciding what kind of pitchers they're more comfortable with? I would say it would just uh, the game plan dictates that a little bit more, but uh, I would say I have to call more of a game based on my my information that I have at the lower levels. Once I move up, it becomes more of a, you know, you're, you're with a guy that knows his stuff at this point in his career, so it makes it a little easier. What's it like when you're in the groove and you, you don't have to make any adjustments? You just you call the game, there's no shake-off, there's no nothing. You, you guys are in sync on the same page and know exactly what you want to do that night. It's easy to hit that day. You know, it, it, As a catcher, you have to put so much preparation into not only knowing your pitcher, but then you got to put on the hitting side of it as well and understand what guy you're going to face on that night. So when you got a guy for you know us that you know is so prepared that it's almost like a not necessarily a mental off day, but it gives you that little bit of extra preparation time to get yourself ready as a hitter. So I, I find myself having better games um, hitting when a guy in the mound is, is very well prepared. Being behind the plate, you know better than anybody what the strike zone is for that day. How does that help you prepare as a hitter and to prepare your teammates when you go back to the dugout to say, this is what the ump's doing today, you know, look out for this or, or prepare for that? Right. So with the amount of umpires we have in this league, um, I'm not sure the exact amount, but it changes series to series. So I'd say about the first, after the first inning, um, being back there, you have a pretty good feel, and that's when you communicate it to the guys. But, uh, you know, they're, they're human just like us, so there's a lot of, you know, calls that could go either way so it's almost you don't want to give too much information because then your guy's going to really believe like oh he, he might not be giving you know two three balls off the plate tonight and then strikes a guy out and he looks at you like why did you tell me that um so you kind of just have to tailor the information that you pass along to the hitters as a catcher most of the uh, minor league players when they go from high school or college to the minor leagues it, it's a big change of life you've had a bigger change of life over the last year uh what's it been like being a dad and getting prepared for a season. Right. So I always said growing up that I just wanted my child to be able to see me play baseball. So, you know, she's only four months old, not not saying she's going to remember, but we have a ton of pictures. And um, I think it almost gives you a different sense of what you're playing for. You know, when you're when you're single, married, you know, you don't have a child on the way. You're still playing for your family in a sense, but now you're playing to put food on the table. You know, I got to take care of a little one. Uh, so every day, if I don't prepare the way I should prepare, you know, it's it's hurting her potential future of things I would be able to provide her as a father. So it almost gives you that extra drive to put in the extra 10 cents on top of the extra 10 cents you're already putting in. So uh, what's your walk-up music? Oh, it's a theme song for The Office. There we go. Now that's a good one. And what numbers have you worn coming up? I've had nine a lot of my career. I wore 15 here briefly, and uh, thankfully nine opened up this year, and I was able to grab that. So did you get a chance to go up to Scranton and see Dunder Mifflin? Uh, I, I'm not even sure if they filmed it there. I know a lot of those shows are not filmed in the actual city, but uh, when Scranton, we played Scranton earlier in the year, and a bunch of those guys were like, hey, man, you deserve a hit every at-bat with that kind of walk-up. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like to be the funny guy sometimes. Well, thanks for joining us, Nick. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, that. Like anybody who can come up to the plate with office uh, music is uh, is good by me.
Yeah. I, I, well, he's all got, I did was turn to him and ask if he's seen my stapler. Like it was. He knows everything about the office. And by the way, if you looked at him, you'd be kind of nervous. I mean, he looks like a really tough guy, but he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met in sports. So again, talking to him, you got a different level of experience. First of all, I love talking to catchers. Mm-hmm. They give you insight that nobody gets. To to hear him say that he hits better on a day that a pitcher and he are in a groove. Well, when they're more experienced. When they're pitchers. more experienced, yeah. and and they don't like it. You don't often think about the impact on the catcher's game by how much they have to call the game in yeah, terms it's, of... It's you. It's usually the physical the stress that's put on a catcher. It's it's not. It's it's the, the mental, mental stress because every other player gets to take a play off. The ball's always coming to him. He's calling the game. So when he gets an experienced pitcher, he kind of gets to rest his mind just a little bit. And to hear him talk about what it's like to play for his child now... Um, you know, you got these these young guys coming in, drafted out of high school that we interview in Lakewood, mm-hmm. and here you have somebody who's now preparing for life as a father. Ten years later. Ten years later, yeah. and it, it's fun to watch sort of the progression of these players as they go through the system and the different stages that they're at in life and the experience that they bring to that. The maturity, and, and I think that's that's what comes through with him and Roman, is, it, is that they both see themselves now as somebody to teach younger kids where a few years ago they were the ones being taught. And so it, it's interesting to see the progression, the maturity, and to kind of root to see them get to the next level. I mean, after hearing that interview, how could anybody not want to see Nick Rickles succeed? And we will continue with more interviews from Lehigh Valley. We'll have more on the other minor league teams in the Philly system next week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.